Welcome to the Time Lords Podcast. We go beyond the buzzwords and learn exactly how people are building the industrial internet of things and using time series data to transform their business. I'm your host, Lonnie Bowling. Today I'm joined with guest, Sean Ely, the digital and, and digital innovations manager at EDF Renewables. Sorry about that, Sean. Uh, hey, Sean, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Lonnie. Doing great. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Um, so those are, those of, for those of, um, you, they're just, that they're just meeting you for the first time. I apparently can't talk today. Um, could you share a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so as mentioned, Sean Ely, I work for EDF Renewables. Um, uh, so we, um, we build, develop, own, uh, renewable energy, large scale wind and mm-hmm. solar, um, as well as energy storage and other technologies. Um, I've been here a little over a year, so we're in January of 2019. Uh, my background, uh, I've got a, a professional electrical engineering license mm-hmm. in California. I was with Pacific Gas and Electric for a little over six years, um, working in uh, different fields from hydro to interconnections to uh, transmission planning. And then the last three years were with the smart grid team focused on grid modernization. Um, So that last piece on grid modernization kind of led me directly into this role. And so uh, my current role, I focus on uh, applied machine learning and uh, innovation. So kind of digital innovation. So it's a lot around management and making better decisions. uh, focused on kind of our operational data and making different, better decisions for the different business lines. Okay, so thank you for that. Uh, so it sounds sounds like you have some pretty heavy duty experience now in utilities um, in general with um, with PG&E and now EDF Renewables. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to find out like what what uh, made you decide or what. It, uh, what were the reasons why you decided to kind of go down this uh, machine learning, applied machine learning type of path? Uh, when, it, when did you decide that and, and um, what, why were the reasons you wanted to go that route? Yeah, so, um, so I started off my career in mechanical engineering and then I went to electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. I did a little software programming ar- along the way. Um, at PG&E, I started getting into Python, Python programming, and you know, once I joined the kind of uh, grid modernization team, folks on Smart Grid, uh, uh, kind of got exposed to data science and uh, applied machine learning. Uh, and the aspects that really interest me are the analytics, and I think machine learning is somewhat of an art form. So there are, uh, in terms of innovation, there are folks who do uh, kind of research and development on machine learning algorithms. Mm -hmm. There are folks that do applied machine learning. So all of my experience has been in applied machine learning. So applying algorithms that other people develop. And I find that these algorithms can really be applied in so many different ways. And the questions that you are asking and trying to solve and the hypotheses you come up with really uh, 
there are so many ways of looking at it and those questions kind of really define how useful and kind of what you get out of it. So it's engaging and interesting to, to, to really try to come up with the, the best approach and really um, understand kind of these, um, these algorithms and how you could potentially apply them and you know, understand your data and the problems that you're having and really try to get to solving difficult problems um, in interesting ways. So, yeah, you know, I, I think I think one of the things that uh, that you know I hear a lot is is about you know the questions. What, what questions are we going to um, ask here, and what are the things? What are the problems that we're going to try to solve using machine learning? Because you know, machine learning isn't necessarily good for everything, or it's not required for a lot of things, right? And there's been a lot of engineering done in the past to solve different problems. And, and some of those solutions are still as valid today as they were yesterday. Uh, so, you know, when you're, when, when you first started working in this area and, and now, um, what, how, how did you start, how did you approach this, this whole concept of what, what questions or what problems are we going to try to solve using this technology? Because, because it seems like, like you said, there's so many different things or ways that you could go about this, right? Um, you know, what what is the what is the way that you're gonna gonna try to accomplish this, and and why why are we gonna ask or tr why are we gonna try to answer these questions and not some other questions? You know, so so I, I heard Elon Musk talk, uh, I guess it's probably about six months ago, in in um, talking about at SpaceX, he was giving a speech and he talked about how uh, the hardest thing for them at SpaceX is to figure out what the question is. And, um, and I kind of like didn't really understand that too much. I'm like, what do you mean? How do you figure out what the question is that he needs to answer? He said answering the question was way easier than figuring out what the question actually uh, should be that we're asking. So I feel like it's related to that. <laughs> so what are your, uh, yeah, so like how are you, I mean, like, you know, you're at EDF now and uh, you know, what it, what questions are you trying to answer and, and, and what's their approach? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you go about that? Cause I have no idea where I would start. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think Elon Musk has got a very good point. I, <laughs> I spend a vast majority of my time trying to figure out what questions to ask, mm -hmm. um, and trying to figure out, you know, trying to identify problems and trying to identify things that are um, kind of addressable with machine learning. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely not easy. And it takes a lot of work. Um, you, when I think through kind of where machine learning provides a lot of value, I think it's really around the, the scale and the speed. So, you know, you can make, um, kind of decisions at a much wider scale and a much, much quicker machine learning. Mm -hmm. That said, it's not as, it doesn't provide much value for, you know, if you're having kind of a one-off analysis, something that an engineer can, you know, figure out using Excel or something. Right. Uh, and so in a role, an innovation role, it is challenging to basically meet the different parts of the business where they're at in terms of sophistication with analytics. So 
certain groups are much more sophisticated, mm-hmm. uh, have developed better tools. Uh, and so there's not that much opportunity and not that many kind of problems or questions to still be answered. And the kind of incremental gain for a lot of work is not as not as big as, you know, say that's not using at all. Right. And there's potentially a lot more opportunity there. Right. Um, and so kind of balancing those kind of different levels of sophistication, as well as, you know, in the operational industrial um, setting, uh, it's a little bit different than kind of an internet where you are collecting all sorts of data around clicks and, you know, everything is a data stream uh, on the internet. Uh, in, a, in a kind of industrial setting, you need physical sensors and you need to actually collect and store that data in different kind of um, time resolutions. Mm-hmm. And so a kind of industrial business is not necessarily set up, you know, from the get-go to be machine learning ready. And you don't necessarily have all the data collected uh, or at high enough resolution for certain types of analyses. Mm-hmm. So certain things you can do um, with kind of high frequency, high resolution data uh, might not be possible in an industrial setting with kind of, you know, say 10 minute uh, aggregates. Right. Um, you know, and, and then there's also in terms of finding the right questions to work on, you know, there's, there's a, it's, it's a lot involved in terms of uh, taking the business into account. So, you know, what's your kind of appetite for risk and, you know, you're not going to develop a say control uh, scheme or control algorithm, you know, if it uh, kind of voids your warranties or causes undue risk with investors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it definitely kind of limits what you can potentially do with machine learning, depending on kind of the, the overall goals of the business. So it sounds like you're you're looking at from a lot of different a lot of different aspects and 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 constraints as far as you know what would be uh, viable what could you do so if you if you if you needed if you, if you wanted to go after something that uh, was kind of at the control control system level you would want to have maybe like some high frequency data right so if you're trying to let's say like a wind turbine you're trying to improve the optimization of a wind turbine you know you you might want to be looking at a lot of things like frequency, you know, different power uh, parameters and power at a very high frequency, right? And do that kind of like maybe develop some model or whatever and do that at a, at a, at a, at the machine, right? But then there's other, there's other things that are more uh, that, that, that aren't, that are, that's like one, one example. Another example is like what, like you said, what's, what about the business? You know, how sophisticated is a group? that you would be working with, how much work have they already done in this area? Because it, the problems may get um, less and less, uh, might not might not be easy problems to solve anymore. The easy ones might be done and now they're, they get much harder. Are they actually worth it, right? And then generally like, uh, is a business really ready for this kind of stuff? Are they ready for uh, whatever, you know, there there's a, because yeah, I think there's risk. There's, there's risk, right? There's, there's like risk that you identified where you, um, you could actually cause some kind of damage to equipment or maybe something else bad could happen like that. And then there's other risks. There would be maybe like financial risk, right? If you were doing some kind of uh, machine learning thing that was supposed to um, 
you know, affect the bottom line in a, you know, in, in, with revenue or whatever, and you're off, you know, potentially you could like lose money or not, not save money depending on what you're trying to do. So, so looking at all those things and kind of like, you know, figuring out, okay, what, what, what can I do? What can I not do? Um, looking at the data, what data is available, what data is not available. Um, have you been able to find some stuff that, that, that you, that you thought was doable? And if so, what, what, what kind of like led you to that? Um, what, why did you, why did you say those were the ones? Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely, uh, I mean, we've built successful algorithms. We've got ongoing use cases, building new algorithms mm-hmm. in 2020. Uh, in, in terms of what kind of led me to, I think it, it kind of comes down to I don't, starting with kind of where the value is. So, okay, uh, identify aspects that, okay, there's a lot of value here that could potentially be gained and then trying to break down the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, for say like wind, for example, you know, breaking down, if you're looking at, say you're focusing on the operational side of the business, mm-hmm. uh, it's around breaking down, okay, for wind operation, uh, where are your potentially your, your major losses, you know? So it could be an underperformance while the wind turbine is operating, or it could be say downtime due to say component failure or, um, uh, other kind of like causes of, of downtime. Right. And so just kind of like systematically breaking down the problem and then diving into diving into the numbers and getting as much data as possible to really understand, mm-hmm. okay, what is kind of the root cause of this problem? Mm-hmm. And is that root cause, could we build an algorithm that would provide us information that would provide some value to help alleviate that root cause? Um, how, how, how do you figure out like, you know, so you're doing detective work, right? And you're looking yeah. at kind of like the body of evidence here and you're, you're, you're going around scrounging up data wherever you can find it. And I know it's like not a perfect world uh, when it comes to that, that can be a challenge on its, on its own. But once you've, once you, okay, you, you, you got like, I can picture you have like this giant spreadsheet or board or whatever, and you're writing down all these, all these things to, you know, the ways we're losing money, you know, you just start listing them and you start looking at the evidence and you're trying to quantify all that stuff. Uh, when, uh, when are you deciding that machine learning would be a viable solution or could be applied to something? What are, what are the things that you would immediately toss out say, no, nah, no, nah, we're not, this is not really something we'd want to do with machine learning for whatever reason, what would you toss out and why would you toss that out and what would you keep? And, you know, so I guess, you know, because immediately, you know, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out how can we, how can we use machine learning to solve some problem? And now you've got all these problems in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a TikTok in terms of my process mm-hmm. and that, okay, kind of generate some ideas talking to different experts. Then I take those ideas, I kind of like look at the data, try to better understand them, try to better understand kind of where the value is and potentially how we could apply machine learning and then go back to experts and say, okay, given this proposal, what do you think? And then, okay, that doesn't make sense. Like 
let's refine what the actual problem is and dive a little bit deeper. And then I kind of, okay, well, how would I approach that and think, okay, how could you apply machine learning to that? Do a lot of uh, kind of research in like papers and like how other people, other people are applying machine learning and mm-hmm. um, kind of look through my, the, the, the codec codecs or the, um, the list of uh, algorithms that, you could potentially use or different types of approaches uh-huh. you could take. And um, as you kind of refine and better understand what the actual problem is, uh, trying to get to a place where you think, hey, this is possible. Now, it's still to be determined whether we can actually do that. So let's kind of explore this idea and try it out and see what the data shows us. Uh-huh. And so an example of something that doesn't work well would be something something where you just don't have the data to kind of support what you're looking for so if there's no like signal Uh uh, in the the data it's going to be you're not going to be able to find anything with machine learning so um you know something that has a lot of value but i don't think has a strong signal right now would be something like say blade failure Uh um you know, if it's a structural problem with the blade, um, unless you're doing something like kind of non-destructive tests on the blades to really understand uh-huh. like when there's a structural problem, uh, you're not going to be able to tell it just from its normal operational data of how right, much power it's producing right. and how much wind's blowing. Because those things so, just aren't going, those things just aren't going to indicate any kind of structural problem necessarily, or, or the, the, there may be some very, very slight changes, but it wouldn't be enough, it wouldn't be anything significant enough to really like grab a hold of, right? Yeah, I feel, I feel like there's, my general kind of take, kind of a, a good sniff test that I use is mm-hmm. if a human cannot figure it out, then mm-hmm. machines not going to be able to figure it out. <laughs> so, if a, like if that. an engineer is trying to figure out a problem, yeah, and is looking at all the data and with all the graphs and all the like things they're comparing, right? They they spend a lot of time, do a deep dive, and they just can't figure it out. The, I don't think a machine is going to do any better. So now, yeah, so you should have can, you should have some kind of like you should have some kind of an idea, right? I mean, if if you're just yeah. completely. And you're just like grabbing for straws there and you have no, like, I have no, there's no way I can make sense of all this. Then that, that might be like, <laughs> maybe we should move on to something that we could, we could actually start wrapping our brains around. Exactly. And so, but if a analyst or an engineer can figure out the problem and like, okay, well, it took them like three weeks of diving into data to figure it out. And they see like these kind of patterns mm-hmm. and it's not really reproducible well then something like machine learning has a lot of value because it scales and operates really quickly and you can turn those kind of insights those patterns that you see looking at different data um, or kind of like different inferred knowledge of like oh this type of asset um, that's this old that's in this particular area with this type of rainfall tends to experience this type of uh, a failure or something like you can yeah. turn that into an algorithm and run that to to kind of automate that 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 step that a that this is going to take to figure that out yeah i i think yeah i think that's a really good point because 
yeah, if somebody's spending, if, if you go and you 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 pull on all this data, you you crunch all these numbers, you run through all this stuff, and you see, you know, hey, you know, we know for sure that under certain certain conditions, this this happens, and we can see like we can we can actually look at it, we can see it kind of like coming um, that it's going to happen or whatever, right? There might be different different ways to describe this, but anyway, it's like like you're saying, uh, and that might have taken a lot of work to get that point, but you definitely feel you have a pretty pretty high level of confidence that if you were if you could if you could grab all that information and you had a person look at it and they could they could actually make a call and maybe there was a confidence score you know and it was high enough to where yeah they're 80% sure this is going to happen then then okay now now you have like okay that's like the manual way of doing it right and now you can take and automate all that and and there's a part there where Somebody's kind of looking at all this stuff and they and they say yes or no. And that's where the model comes in to train and you find the right model that, that works. But then but then uh, once you have that built, you can put it into production and now it can happen like very quickly compared to uh, where before the reason you didn't do it was because if a person had to do it, it would take three weeks, right? And there's like no way to get around that problem anymore. We just can't get around it. But now that the the tools are there and you can automate this and you can put it through and you can train models, you can do all this stuff. Now we can actually do that, say, in 30 minutes or maybe daily or whatever, right? And it's not going to take the, the three weeks or whatever. And that that before was like never, you never could consider it, right? Now you can. So I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's a pretty good thing to think about is, is just you might, people might already understand these problems, you know, but they haven't been fixed or solved or nobody's really gone after them because it just took too much effort and it took too long and there was no way that a person could do it, right? It wasn't practical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a lot of things where like, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, um, if one of your assets isn't performing as you would expect, like, it's easy for one person if you were just watching that one wind turbine to figure yeah. out, hey, yeah, <laughs> it's not producing power. It should be what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't, you know, okay, obviously a power example is pretty easy. We can yeah. tell when they're not producing, but, right. you know, something a little bit more complex if it's like operating slightly different than it should be. Yeah. But it's not, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of different you know, controllers, the, the, the machines themselves are not, you know, simple machines. Um, they're kind of black boxes. And mm-hmm. so trying to figure all that out just from kind of uh, uh, aggregates of data, it's, it's, it's very difficult for a human to do across an entire fleet. But real time, if you were yeah, just looking at time. one, yeah, you're just staring at it, you'd, you'd be like, hey, that's not right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It reminds me, it, it, it's kind of funny because I, I kind of like, I, I think I first learned that lesson when I was doing, um, when I was doing level control, it was, a, it was in a control system and we we're just controlling the level of a tank, right? And, and it was using a PID loop to control it, right? Which is not machine learning, I know, but, but it was like, I could sit there and watch this tank level change, right? And I could figure out if you gave me a dial I could turn that dial to where that tank level would get right to where it needed to and it wouldn't overshoot, wouldn't oscillate or anything like that, right? I could just like, if I was sitting there watching a single tank, 
all day and I was a human, I could just like, yeah, this is easy, man. This is like, this can't get any easier, right? But if you, <laughs> but to get, like to, to program a, a control loop to do that was like really challenging because the control loops, it's just, it's just like a lot harder. But once you had it, then that, that control loop, you know, that, that control can be applied to 50 tanks and, and a person doesn't, who wants to sit there with a dial and control a tank, right? Nobody does, but, but it was easily solved once you had, once you put um, some kind of automation in there and, and that just allowed that to happen. So that same principle, what you're saying is that same principle is no different, right? If, 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 if it's a, if it's something that you don't want, if, if you can't scale it across, like if you have 5,000 of them and you're trying to do them all at once, like you're never going to have people do that or you never want to have people do that. And so you can, you can improve the performance just, just in that fact alone, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing I'm wondering about to kind of to change, uh, we got a few minutes here. Um, you know, when you, when you, when you're, when you're talking to non-technical people like business people and things like that, what, what kind of, you know, what are they expecting from you? Uh, what, how, how are you having dialogues with them around this, this thing, machine learning? Cause I know like a, a lot of people outside of, of, of our area, you know, they just, they feel like it's magic and it could do anything or whatever, or maybe, maybe they've heard things about, yeah, it's really hard. You know, they, you know, like what you're talking about, there's an art to it and all these other things. Like, how do you, you know, how do you engage with, with business people in a, in a kind of like a down to earth kind of way to where, you know, they're, you know, you guys can get on the same page and you, you can make a decision, you know, is, is the business coming to you with a problem or are they kind of asking you more like, what are the things that you could do for us? And then you're having like some kind of discussion. I mean, how does, how does that, how's that happening in your world with interacting with, with the business? Yeah. A little bit of both, a little, a little bit of some ideas are coming to me. Most of the time I'm going out searching for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've got an engineering background, so I can easily talk in non machine learning lingo uh-huh. and just kind of translate what's happening into something kind of more simple to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think any of the, you know, most of the kind of machine learning algorithms, it's that complicated mm-hmm. and it's not that much different from what, you know, an analysis you might do normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just kind of, you know, kind of explaining briefly kind of the steps of what's happening and you, you kind of tie it into uh, how somebody might perform the analysis. Um, so, uh, you know, like, uh, so I do a, a grouping and then I'm looking for patterns. I'm looking for these type of patterns or, you know, Hey, I'm kind of just doing a, a linear regression and just kind of like figuring out what's the kind of trend from this mm-hmm. data. And so it's like, it's, it's easy enough to kind of break it down into what's, what's kind of like happening uh, on a high level mm-hmm. uh, and then speak in those terms. And then it's less kind of, uh, buzzwords mm-hmm. uh, and more okay we're using this data we're looking for this pattern and mm-hmm. like the actual tools of how you accomplish that it doesn't really matter uh, but you can definitely describe kind of 
the approach you're taking, the methodology you're taking. So um, just so just kind of like going back to old school then, right? You're just going to, you know, you're really just kind of laying it out in a very kind of like uh, no-nonsense kind of way. This, this, is what we, this is what we we could do. This is how we go about it. And, and just kind of keeping the terminology uh, to where a non-data science person would be able to follow you and, and kind of uh, laying out the solution. Uh, what about, what about things like, do, do you think that like the non data science people, the business people or whoever it might be, maybe engineers too, uh, do you think there's a, there's, there's an expectation either that like this stuff can do anything, or is there more like an expectation that this stuff is like way too hard and it's not going to be able to do any, it's not going to be able to help us. Or do you have to, do you ever have to address those concerns either way? Uh, yes. I've put together a number of presentations about how machine learning is not magic and uh-huh. it can't do everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and just trying to just trying to like really explain what's what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, sometimes I also just let it be a black box um, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, just describe, okay, here's the value we're trying to achieve. We created an algorithm. It does this. Mm-hmm. Know, just talking in terms of value and outcome um, and not about the, the process to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it really, uh, I do a lot of time trying to catering towards audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, different people have having different expectations, different things they care about. Um, and then, you know, part of my job is really just to understand kind of all the new uh, approaches and algorithms that are coming out and really understand how they apply and understand them that at a level where I can really kind of explain it in simple terms so that I can uh, both uh, figure out ways to apply them and then also kind of explain them um, to people we're working with. Okay, I'm going to throw one more question at you, Sean, because then we're going to wrap up here. But uh, the one question that I have is um, people... There's a there's a common, I would say a common belief now that machine learning, AI, people call it AI when they're really getting really like jazzed up about it, right? That it is going to fundamentally change all businesses going forward in in drastic ways. I mean, it's gonna, it's just gonna, it's gonna really change make make massive changes everywhere and it's happening right now and it's going to like really like you know if we if we go down 10 years down this road it's just going to be a it's going to be like just unbelievable so there's there's i think there's like this this uh big uh yeah when you when you hear people talking about it they there's there's a lot of people that will talk about it in those kinds of terms so um, you're working in the industry. You're doing like real work. You've been you've been doing this for a while now. Um, what's your perspective on that? Do you feel like that it's as fundamentally like fundamentally going to change everything, or is it somewhere in between? Or you know, what, and maybe what what a timeline would be? Because maybe like yeah, in ten years we might be there, but uh, you know, right now it's still early days or whatever. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what, what's your thoughts about, about this, this fundamental, like this, it's not like almost like a revolution, right? That, that this is, you know, and the transformation is another word everybody uses, but, but yeah, what's your, what's your feelings on that working in it? Yeah. I mean, I think it is a transformational technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really depends on what 
industry you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I look at AI as a, just a, a form of automation mm-hmm. um, instead of, uh, you know, instead of machine automation, it's more of a information and decision-making automation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in areas of kind of information um, and decision-making, you can do a lot of automation, um, self-driving cars. You can do, um, there's a lot of uh, kind of big change that mm-hmm. can happen from mm-hmm. AI. Um, I think in kind of more industrial applications, there's not a, it's not going to be as profound of a change in the sense that, um, you know, I think the, the difference between a, you know, a, uh, your existing kind of control schemes or controllers um, and, you know, something with AI is not going to change that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of kind of maintaining and building and kind of like operating, there are there definitely gains possible and kind of incremental gains. Uh, but, you know, still think you need kind of people and you need, uh, you know, businesses to uh, still do, still kind of build and manage and mm-hmm. uh, work with kind of industri- industry industry. Um, yeah. So- I, I, yeah. I feel like just on that thought real quick, I feel like it's very incremental, right. Yeah. In, in industry. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. It's definitely incremental. Um, you know, I think it, it has the capacity to be transformational. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think where it's been applied, it's mostly been kind of incremental gains. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for now, I don't see the, the kind of down the road roadmap for it to be a, a transformational technology in um, kind of industry. Uh, but I do think it does provide value and Mm -hmm. you know i think being you can get there are there are real gains in having better information and making better decisions right Um, right so sean this has been great uh where can people find uh more uh about you online do you have a contact contact information you want to share yeah uh, i can share my work email um, it's my full name, so Sean S E A N, period, Ely E L Y at edf recom Perfect, Sean. Thanks again for uh, coming out and being willing to do this. this. is one of my first ones, so still, still trying to figure out how to be a podcast host. But uh, you did great. I really appreciate appreciate you, you. Um, coming on board here. Okay, yeah, thanks, Lonnie. Our, you're welcome. All right. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm Lonnie Bowling, and I hope you'll join me again next time for the Time Lords podcast.